All right, we're going to study together this. This is going to be something very different. We're going to spend quite a bit of time in the Gospel of John. And we're, gonna use, we're actually going to go through the whole book at some stage in our lifetimes. And so the reason I'm doing this is I could just talk about just whatever else in the Bible, whatever I'm thinking about, whatever I want to talk about. But instead, I'm letting God kind of choose the topics and the chapters and the discussions. And so we're just going to show up and just kind of hear from what God and the Bible wants to talk about. So that's what we're going to do. We're just going to go through John. So if you have a Bible, um, bring it, and we're going to open it up, and we're going to read about it. And then when you're at home, you can read about it some more, and you'll know exactly where we are. And if you don't know where to start in the Bible, you can start in John. That's like we're going to go through here today. Um, so first off, we're going to hear from a guy today whose name is John the Baptizer. And he's not a Baptist. This is not John the Baptist, but he's John the Baptizer because he baptized people in water. So what I'm going to do is I am just going to pray, and I'm going to read, and then we're just going to talk about it. Sound good? Sounds pretty simple. I'm just going to pray first. If you want to pray with me. Father God, we just pray that your scriptures tonight would just um, be illuminated for us, that we would understand what we read, that it won't just be jumbled jargon, that we understand that's Christianese, that actually would make sense to us, that you open up our eyes and our hearts to see you and to see your truth in it. I pray you would help us to... Um, uh, to see you and that you would shine light into our hearts and that darkness may not be anymore and help us repent and seek after you in your son's name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's just read this here. John 1, verses 19. And this is the test. I'll just read it up here so I can do it. And this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not die, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? He said, I'm the voice of the one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now they had sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why are you baptizing if you are not neither the Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one you do not know. Even he who comes after me, the straps, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. All right. So we got this funny guy, John, here. Um, now, there's some things that you should probably know about John. He, he didn't have normal clothes like maybe you have, that I have, you know, kicking around and. um he actually lived in the bush, right? He was like in the desert, hanging out by himself. He was homeless. Um, he actually wore clothes made of, get this, woven camel hair. How many guys have like camel hair garments just kind of lying around at home? Just one. Oh, thank you, Andy. Um, so, yeah, so woven camel hair garments and a big leather belt, right, wrapped around his waist. And guess that he ate locusts and honey, the Bible says. So basically his diet was like bugs and sugar. That's it. You can imagine what kind of upbringing you have where you feed your kids bugs and sugar, like what, you know, bouncing off the walls. And he always had, like, you know, I, I imagine John always had, like, this kind of crazy grin, like, because he was, he was kind of crazy. You know, anyone would be if you're eating bugs and sugar all the time. Um, so, and, and wearing camels there everywhere. So, he was kind of like this crazy guy with, you know, I'm guessing he's hyped up all the time because he's eating honey and sugar all the time. And I'm guessing he's got this big smile because he's a big, friendly, nice guy. And heaps of people are coming around to hear him preach. Now, not many people want to just hear any guy, but this smelly, homeless guy who eats bugs and sugar, everyone's coming around to hear him preach. And just for some demonstration, I, I wanted to give you kind of a visual representation of what John 
may possibly could look like in modern day time. So if my John the Baptizer model could come out, please. Oh, thank you. Thank you, John. Oh, oh good to see you, John. Come on out. Those are some uh, very nice um, camel hair um, things you got. You might want to come down here so people don't have to look up at you for any reason if they had to. All right, so for John, John the Baptizer here is um, he's probably a bit shaggy, you know, hasn't, hasn't shaved. Well, he's homeless, right? And he probably smells quite a bit, and, um, you know, he's eating bugs and honey, so he's kind of this funny, kind of crazy guy, probably with a big grin all the time and quite hyped up on sugar, like I said. And so he's, he, he's going around throughout the Jordan River and preaching, and his, his sermon reads like this. Oh, preach. Preach it, brother. Preach it, brother. <laughs> he was preaching repentance and baptizing people in water. So, right, so here's what happened. Now, the Pharisees, they, they're, they're religious people, right? So they should be the ones doing all the religious stuff. But there's this John the baptizer over here preaching to everyone, and people are getting baptized, and the crowds are growing. So they sent people off to say, what is this? What's so special about this homeless guy in the bush eating bugs and honey, wearing camel's hair, and he's getting a bigger crowd than we have? So they sent people over him to see what's going on. So they come up to him, they said, who are you? Okay, so I'm not the Christ, I'm not the Messiah, I'm not Jesus. So they said, all right, well, are you Elijah? I am not. Okay, so he's not Elijah. Now, if you guys don't know, Elijah was prophesied in Isaiah to later on come and um, herald the Messiah, so show the way of the Messiah. Um, and he never died, he went straight to heaven. So I think this is probably Elijah, if he's so spiritual. And then they finally asked him, well, are you the prophet, the one Moses talked about? No. Oh. And he seems to be pretty upset now because this is the third time. So it keeps getting shorter and shorter. He's annoyed now. He's pretty ticked at me. So he's going to go away now. Well, thanks a lot. Can you guys give John a hand as he walks away? Thanks, John. <laughs> just, just so you know, John the Baptist wasn't the guy who actually... <laughs> he wasn't the guy who actually wrote the Bible. The John, the, John we'll hear about next week who is one of Jesus' disciples. Um, but John the Baptizer... Uh, was the one baptizing people in his name. Um, so they, uh, they kept asking him over and over and over again, who are you? He's like, I'm not the Christ. Like, okay. Well, who are you? Are you Elijah? I'm not. See, was, his answers are getting kind of shorter. And then they asked him again, oh, are you the prophet? And he's like, good night. I know. And then they finally say, who the hang are you then? We need to tell the Jews something to go back with. And then they says, um, in this verse here, he says, um, uh, this one, okay, basically he says, I can't find the moment, he says, I have coming back to, I'm coming to baptize and show the way of Jesus. I'm coming to re- give you repentance, so that you repent of your sins, and I'm going to point you to Jesus. Now, you guys might not know this word repentance, so I'm just going to unpack this for a moment here. The word repent means to turn away from sin and pursue what? Jesus. So it's to not to just stop sinning. A lot of people think, okay, repenting is not going to stop sinning. No, repenting is stopping the sin and pursuing Jesus instead. Um, now, I've got this, um, this dog, Archie. Um, some of you guys might, not, might know him, and he, he's a funny little rascal. He's not, he's, he seems pretty bright, but other times you think, is this something not going 
so right in his brain. And um, so Tim hooks up this electric fence, right, um, at, our, at, our, at our place. And there, there's a large paddock, and we have to kind of chew down some of it because it's not all fenced in. So they put some goats up on the hill somewhere. But in order to feed electric fence, as some of you know, you can't just have electric fence running on the ground because it shorts out. So he just hovers the, the electric fence off the ground about that much and, and kind of straight across the, um, the back of the paddocks. And, and so to when, when my dog Archie all of a sudden discovers this random line running straight about eye view of where he just runs straight into it because he doesn't know what it is, can't see it, and he's probably going to think he's going to go under it. Well, it turns out this fence was obviously on, and all of a sudden you hear it, yo! <laughs> and you hear him scrolling over with his tail between his legs, and he goes, oh, must have got the electric fence. And so every single time he comes down there, he goes, stops and goes, uh-uh, walks all the way around the electric fence, comes all the way back, and then it cruises onto his normal path again. So we don't keep the goats there all the time. So eventually we took the electric fence off, and I was walking with him down to our house trying to get him to come down. He always follows us everywhere we go. So I noticed it really funny because I'll stand up here. I was walking down the, the trail where the, the electric wire would have been, and I see Archie follow me, and he stops and goes right around the other side of the paddock and comes all the way back. I'm like, what is he, this electric fence isn't there, and so what is he doing? So, that's, so I walk back the other way, and so he turns around and walks all the way back, comes all the way back to me again. This is kind of a fun game. So I walk the other way and goes all the way back and around again, and I think, why is he going all the way around? And I think, ah, oh, the electric fence used to be right there, so no wonder he still thinks it's electric. So do you see what happened is, he learned the first time that if I go through that spot right there, I'm going to get electrified. <laughs> so I'm not going to go there anymore. So what happened is he got zapped, he got pain, and it turned him around to go the other way so he didn't get zapped again. And my friends, that's what it's like to go through um, guilt, to go through anguish and pain or heartache or brokenness. Because the reason that we have guilt is to get us to stop doing that thing and turn around and do something else to stop and get out of it. And a lot of us think, oh, well, I'm feeling really bad because I stuffed up. That's a good thing, believe it or not. If you're feeling guilty, if you're feeling unworthy, if you're feeling broken because you stuffed up, that, believe it or not, is a good thing. Just as much as it was for Archie to feel pain so he didn't go through the electric fence again. Now, I, I hear this all the time. I, I have a friend uh, back in school who says, I don't like reading the Bible. And I, you know, I said, well, well, why not? Well, because I'm, I'm, I'm sleeping around with my girlfriend, and every time I read it, it tells me that I shouldn't, and I feel really bad, and so I just don't read it. I, you're getting halfway there. The Bible is actually supposed to make you feel bad. So you stop doing it, and you turn to Jesus instead. So the Bible is not necessarily much to make you feel like, oh, I can fly, and I'm feeling happy. There's snowflakes everywhere. By the way, who got snow in Richmond? Do you guys have DC snow? Yeah, made you kind of feel good, right? Doesn't have to do with anything I'm talking about. But um, snowflakes, so you're feeling good. No, it's not supposed to make you feel like you're on rainbows. It's supposed to actually make you feel bad. So you turn to Christ. You see the sin in your life, and it convicts you. And that is a good thing, believe it or not. People, now you guys probably know this, people are sinful. That people are bad. That we need help. People need help. In fact, I'm not going to lie to you, I need help, that this passage and this, and this here has just been convicting me so much that even I need Jesus, that even I need to be cleansed, that even I need to be seeking after Jesus and repenting of my sin. And this last week has just been so hard because 
I didn't even want to preach tonight because I was like, man, I, how can I tell people to turn away from their sins when I'm just stuck in it and I don't, I don't necessarily want to get out. And it's just been so hard to think, okay, stop, pray. Where's my heart at? Where's Jesus? How close am I? I'm not. I got to stop what I'm doing, turning towards Jesus and running after him. Open up my Bible and saying, all right, God, what are you telling me that I need to do? What are you telling me that I need to be more like? And help me be it because I can't. I need your help. If you're here and you're not a Christian, or perhaps you're, you've been a Christian your whole life, or perhaps you um, are a Christian, but you're not really sure where you're staying with God, that um, you're sitting here tonight, that just like everyone needs Jesus, not just the Christians, not just the pastors, not just the religious people, but everyone needs Jesus. And Daryl talked about that this morning, uh, sorry, on Sunday morning, that everyone needs Jesus, that youth pastors need Jesus that drug addicts need Jesus, that um, sex addicts need Jesus, that John the baptizer, he was considered by Jesus as the most greatest, sorry, the greatest man who ever lived other than Jesus himself. The greatest man who ever lived other than Jesus. And, he's, and guess what? He needs Jesus as well. That it's okay if you're broken. It's okay if that you think that you are down and guilty, that you actually need Jesus as well, that all of us need forgiveness, that all of us need cleansing. Now, baptism, baptism is a unique thing because we're just getting dunked in water, and you think, oh, I, can, I go swimming all the time, I get, I get wet, I go to the bath, whatever. But baptism is a symbol, it's an outward expression of the inward cleansing in their, that person's heart. Now, I've loved just seeing people baptized, watching their testimonies, hearing about their hearts. I love baptizing people. I love just baptisms because it just brings tears to my eyes every single time. There's two things that bring tears to my eyes. It's sad movies, weddings, and baptisms. I don't know why, but baptisms make me cry every time. I, I can't figure out why because it's so emotional for me to see someone's heart change and desire Christ. In fact, when I saw someone baptized for the first time, it was my best friend. And he got saved. I just couldn't figure out what was going on in his heart. Why was he changing? Why was he so different? Why was a sudden spark in his life. And that was the initial cause that led me to seek out who was this Jesus that he had that I needed to have. So I just love baptism. So it's a symbol of an outward expression of the inward cleansing of someone's heart. That we all need cleansing. That we all need forgiveness. Now if you were to look at John and say, well, he got offered quite a bit of stuff, didn't he? Really? They came up to him and said, are you the Christ? Are you Elijah? Are you the prophet? Now, he already had a really big crowd, so he was pretty famous. What would have happened if he said, oh, Christ, eh? That sounds like a pretty good deal. Oh, prophet. Oh, well, in that case, I am a, I am the prophet, <coughs> you know? I mean, he would have got, he would have been a rock star. He would have had people coming for him. He would have had, you know, people lining up to get autographs. He would have had, you know, expensive jewelry and cars. I mean, he, he would have had it all. He was, oh, that doesn't sound like a bad, I, maybe I am Elijah. Oh, that sounds like a good idea. He didn't do that, but just imagine if he did. Now, if you guys know later on, actually John was beheaded and killed for his beliefs. So you can't say all the time that like John was being faithful, John was being obedient, but it didn't work out so well for him. Does that say, oh, maybe we shouldn't follow God because it's not going to work out? Now, John understood, John knew that if he followed Christ and was obedient to him and he repented of his sins and sought Jesus, that his reward was in heaven, not on this earth.
So you might think that living an obedient life doesn't sound very nice, that repenting is not that big of a deal, that I can just keep on doing my sinful things, it's no big deal. That I just want you to know, and John wants you to know from the scripture, and guess this, Jesus wants you to know that you are a sinful, broken, and yet unworthy person that needs cleansing. And you can't fix yourself, that you can't heal yourself, that you can't help yourself, that you actually need Jesus to do that for you. And, you, and I can't even do that for you. You don't even need my teaching. You don't even need my counsel. You need Jesus, and so do I. That you need Jesus to baptize you with the Holy Spirit, which is the rest of this verse here. As John says, I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, he on whom you have seen the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. And I've seen and have borne witness, this is a son of God. So John's saying, I'm coming to baptize you with water, that you repent of your inward sin, but that's not going to do anything. My baptism, my teaching here, Ignite, my um, talking to you, my scripture reading, your Bible, isn't going to help you. Jesus, who baptized with the Holy Spirit, will transform and repent in your heart and your sin. But you need Jesus to shine light into your heart so you can see the sin that is in it. So this is the other part. Why does he forgive you? Why would he want to forgive you? Why would he forgive me? Why would he forgive any of us? Because he loves you? Because he doesn't love because we are lovely. He loves us and he makes us lovely. Isn't that a cool thing? It doesn't matter how broken, how sinful, how unworthy we are. He loves us still and he breaks us to come towards him, to repent from our sins towards him. And if you are needing Jesus tonight, if you wanted to repent of your sin after him, it doesn't matter how broken or how sinful or what you've done or what you have done or who you think you are, Jesus still loves you and he's still calling after you. And I can't tell you enough, and Jesus can't tell you enough, and John can't tell you enough that he just wants you to stop your sin and repent and head towards him. And I don't do this very often. I feel kind of strange about it sometimes. But what I want to do is I just want to see you guys just stop for a moment and think and pray and, and meditate if you will, and just to hear Jesus talking to you. So I'm actually going to play a song, believe it or not, just me on a guitar playing. And I need this just as much as you guys. So when I'm singing this song, I'm not singing for you. I'm just actually singing because I need God just as much as you do. And I just want you guys to stop and think and reflect on where you're at with God right now. That if you need him, that you would just reconcile that where you're sitting right now. That if you want to become a Christian, that you could do that right in your seat. That if you're feeling called and led hearing Jesus speak to you, that you actually do the most uncomfortable thing you could possibly do and actually get up your seat and come forward where everyone's watching you. I know it's really ridiculous that I actually do this, but I want you to be serious about facing him and so does he. I'm just going to play a song, and, and if you're feeling like Jesus is calling you to, to come forward, that you would do that, and um, that the, the leaders would be um, there to kind of pray for you. So I'm just going to do that song.
So again, if you're just feeling like you just want to repent, and just, just take some time just to reflect on where you're at with God right now. Close your eyes if you have to listen to the words. Do whatever you want. Listen to play the song. Just have some time listening to Jesus. Christ, Son of God, King of kings, be lifted high. When I was lost, you rescued me. Gracious one, you're all I need. And I hear you calling me so I my Savior there's none like you and I hear you calling me so I come running to you Jesus Christ Lord of all precious one you're all I need you are strong when I am weak. Salvation's found and you alone. And I hear you calling me, so I run in. Jesus, my Savior, there's none like you. And I hear you calling me, so I run in. I'm running to your courts with arms wide open wide. Your voice is calling me. I heard you knocking on my heart. My life won't be the same. Your life forever changed. Spirit's leading me home. I run into your courts with open arms. I come. Your voice is calling me. I heard you knocking on my heart. My life won't be the same. It's forever changed. Your spirit's guiding me. It's leading me home. Isn't I here? You're calling me, so I come running. Jesus, my Savior, there's none like you. And I hear you calling me, so I come running to you. Just pray with us. Father God, we just thank you for your amazing grace, your amazing love, that you love us. God, I don't know who in this room um, needs you. I don't know who in this room um, you are calling, and I don't know who in this room that isn't listening. Father, I pray you open up our hearts to see you and to know you. God, that you would um, change and transform us to be more like you, that you'd help us to see that we are broken, that we need you, God. 
Thank you for John's message. Thank you for your word. I pray that our discussions tonight would be fruitful and that you would uh, multiply in our time tonight. In Jesus we pray.